everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. This is the final message in the series called Hope in the Soul. Now We've completed two series called Hope in the Spirit and Hope in the Soul, and we'll be moving to the final set of messages called Hope in the Body. Now, this is about going deeper in all three parts of us, spirit, soul, and body. I've been praying that the Word of God would be made alive to you and that His grace and power would be released in your life. I've titled this message, Only Believe, because that is consistently what Jesus told His followers and those that He discovered along the way who demonstrated faith. If I say all things are possible, I'm curious how honestly you're able to answer for yourself if I ask whether or not you believe this. I recently was reading from a book called I Never Learned to Doubt by Jesse Duplantis, and this book highlights the primary roadblocks to true belief. It's actually very simple to believe. It's the doubting that complicates things. If we're going to truly believe, we need to address our roots of doubt. Now, I'm not going to try and say it better than Jesse does, so I'm going to quote from his book here. This is right on the back cover. He says, Doubt is a habit. You aren't born a doubter. You learn to doubt over time, after being hit with the injustices and instability of this world. The wonder of faith is a pure thing, a childlike thing, and it's the only thing that works to access God and draw in what you really want. He doesn't respond to need. He doesn't respond to begging, pleading, or wishing. God responds to faith. Now, when when I was reading this book, I just was reading through this back part here, and, and that last statement, just when it fell across my eyes, my heart just jumped within me. I, I've been saying the same statement for years, and I've, I've never heard anyone else say these exact words. You see, the Lord told me that exact phrase years ago when, when I was learning the principles of financial stewardship. My wife and I, have we'd been giving to Christian humanitarian and mission organizations all around the world for many years. And the Lord said to me, if you want to learn true stewardship, you need to stop giving to all those organizations and you need to restart by following my lead. And I, But they need me to give, I, I, I said to the Lord. And he said, that's your problem. You've only responded to need. From now on, never respond to need because I don't. I only respond to faith. He said, do what I do. My wife and I, we, we restarted our giving, and, and now we're actually giving more than we ever have, but we have only done what we've heard our Heavenly Father say to do from that point on. Now, I'm realizing that to say the phrase to you, only believe, may not actually be understood until we kind of recognize the connection between belief and doubt. You know, you had to believe to get saved in the first place. So be encouraged that your, your faith is active. What I'm talking about is the growth we all want to see in our lives after we get saved. Again, if you're not saved, please contact us at wengardministries.org and we'll help you find life and hope. Now, I want to quote Jesse again, uh, another paragraph down where he says, Doubt isn't what you think. It's not a passing thought. It's not pondering the word of God or reasoning with God or even with others. Doubt is an inner lifestyle choice a bad habit of taking your own word over God's, 
your thoughts over God's and putting more stock in the words of others over God's. That's not what living a successful life as a believer is all about. Wow, what, what an amazing description of, of what we all deal with. Now, previously I had made a statement uh, that it has much more meaning than the airtime that I was able to give it in, in that message, but the statement I said was, God's ability to work in our lives is limited to what we are willing to believe and receive. Now, you might ask yourself, are, are you saying that we can limit God's power? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Even the children of Israel limited God's power in their lives. In fact, uh, in Psalm 78, uh, verses 41 and 42, it says, Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. So it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, I've had this happen to me as well, and I, I don't think it's something that we truly ever forget or, or get used to when the power of God is limited by our unbelief. Sometimes it's just good to go back and remember. Now, I, I'd like to read a story that happened to Jesus, and then I'd like to go into kind of how he dealt with it. So we're going to look at Luke 8, verses 40 through 56. And I have it here, Luke 8. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman, having a flow of blood for twelve years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from, from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. Wow. So, notice Jesus was not uh, intimidated by the current circumstances that he was dealing with. He he actually was welcoming them. As as the woman came and touched the hem of his garment, he, he welcomed it because she reached out and took something that he had, but she did it by her own faith. Now, I want to keep going, and I want to read uh, verses 51 through 56, but I want you to hear how he dealt with the people in the house. So verse 51, He came into the house. He permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep. 
she is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Notice he put all the people that were, uh, it, it wasn't whether they had faith or not, it's that they were doubting. He put all the doubters out of the house. Now, if we go all the way back to the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, what were the words of the serpent to Eve? He said to her, has God really said? Notice all he did was introduce doubt into the situation. And she had a choice whether she would receive it or not. Now, isn't that what happens when we doubt? We've heard the words of God and we've wanted to believe. We actually believe in our mind. We've seen the power of God at work in our life or in the lives of others. The childlike response is to believe. But then we are given the opportunity to doubt. Do you realize that the real question of faith is constantly being put to work? We are truly putting James 2, uh, verses 17 through 24, to the test all the time. Now, I want to read those verses, but I want you to hear and apply your own situation. So, James 2, verse 17. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Notice the combination here. Notice also that the demons believe. So when, when we look at it and we say, just, just, just believe, only believe, I want you to understand there's more to it than just believing. It's believe and do not doubt. See, that's what the woman with the issue of blood was experiencing. This is also what the Jewish leader experienced when he took action and he came to Jesus for healing. He had a choice. When the man came from his house and said, your daughter is dead, he had a choice. Would he receive doubt or would he continue to believe and not doubt? Now, I had an experience with this when the flu tried to come on me a while ago. I began to feel it by late evening and was feeling very nauseous by, by the time I went to bed. My brother encouraged me with a text, and I, I kept thinking that, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, Matthew 4.4. 4. And I, I began quoting Luke 10.19. That's one of my favorite verses. and It says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So, it's where Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Because right then, as the sickness was attacking me, my stomach was hurting, my head was hurting, my whole body was hurting. And I needed to quote that, that phrase, Nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
Now, I literally paced back and forth in my room for two and a half hours. I was holding a bucket to catch vomit if it would (laughs) come up without warning. Now, sometime around 2.30 in the morning, I'm not sure exactly when, uh, I remember seeing the time on the clock around in there, but I, I must have laid down and I fell asleep. Now, when I woke up, it was around 8.30 that morning, and the sickness and the pain were completely gone. Now, I had to be willing to fail. I had to rely on the Word of God fully, even if nothing would have happened. It's in the middle of your willingness to fail that God is freed up then to bring it to pass. Praise God. Be willing. Be willing to lose your own control of it. Now, I've encountered as much unbelief or let's say doubt, in Christians, as I'm seeing in the world. We must remember that each of us continually has a choice in front of us. Do I believe God and his word or not? Now, I know that I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. God's ability to work in our lives is limited to what we are willing to believe and receive. Much of the church in general seems to be convinced that God often teaches the difficult lessons by choosing to directly or indirectly allow injury and pain onto his children. But the truth of the matter is that he allows many things that are not his will because he has given us his authority to resist them. The Holy Spirit then works continually to point us to the word, which then delivers us from every negative situation. In, uh, Jesus said in Mark 9.23, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And I preached about this before here. Now, let's look at the last words of Jesus before he, he left to go back to heaven. Notice how many times the word believe or belief is spoken by Jesus. I want to read Mark 16, verses 14 through 19 here. Mark 16, 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. And if I could interject here, he rebuked their doubt. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will all take up they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Wow. So so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Now that's a finished work. Notice how many times the word believe or belief appears in those verses. He's saying, just believe. Reject the doubt. Just believe. So I want to challenge you today. Make a decision to stand on the truth of God's word, no matter what facts you see in others around you or even in your own life or circumstances. You will begin to find hope where previously there was no hope. And hope will be like a seed taking root and pushing up through the hardened ground of unbelief and doubt. You will know deeply then that change has begun in your heart. 
In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In verse 17 and 18, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Make a choice today. Become childlike in your faith and only believe. Begin the habit of rejecting doubt in every situation and cut off those roots of unbelief. And the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening and God bless you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.